and welcome to another episode of Emotions and Potions. A love slash hate letter to you with your hosts, Ashton and Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. <laughs> Are you excited to talk about the book that we're going to be discussing today? I am because we've done a really good job this time not really talking to each other. No, we haven't. <laughs> I know we say that like all the time that, but we really didn't for no. The Ritual by Chantel Tessier. Oh man, this one got wild. It did. We talked a little bit about like characters, but like the plot and the like batshit things that go on. We haven't really discussed. At all, because Ashton did some really, really cool things for the like love-hate plot breakdown portion that we're going to do later. And I'm excited to have those discussions. Same girl. All right, so the ritual. Should we jump into these trigger and content trope? I definitely things? think that we have some content and trigger warnings and some trope warnings to address. Yeah, like almost a paragraph worth of them. Hit me with them. What What are we expecting in the ritual? Better questions, what aren't we? I feel like that's a shorter list. <laughs> I do too. So we got murder, torture, branding, voyeurism, stalking surveillance, restraints, dubcon, CNC, drugging, excessive drinking, toxic abusive relationships, sexual assault, kidnapping, dom sub, arranged marriage, cheating, forced sex, degradation, breath play, Chasing primal play, praise kink, sex in public with some tropes of enemies to lovers, possessive jealous male lead, touch her and die vibes, virginity trope. Wow. That's a lot going on in this single book. I mean, it was a thicken. It was a thicken. It, it, there definitely was a lot of reading for this book. That's still a lot to digest. I don't know if I fully have digested it yet, to be perfectly honest. I know. We finished this book like maybe a week or so ago, and I still don't think I, like I haven't gotten over it. I've constantly been thinking about this book. Same, because we haven't been able to talk it out. And I feel like I need our therapy session now. Thank you. Yes. Alrighty. Are you ready for the synopsis of yeah. the ritual? An all new dark standalone romance from the USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling author Chantel Tessier comes the ritual. The chosen one. I vow, you vow, we vow. Barrington University is home of the Lords, a secret society that requires their blood in payment. They are, above all, the most powerful men in the world. They devote their lives to violence in exchange for power. And during their senior year, they are offered a chosen one. People think growing up with money is freeing, but I promise you, it's not. My entire life has been planned out for me. I never got the chance to do what I wanted until Riot Alexander Archer came along and gave me an option for a better life. He offered me what no one else ever had, freedom. I chose to be his. He made me believe that anyway, but it was just another lie, a way the lords manipulate you into doing what they want. After being sucked into the dark, twisted world of the lords, I embraced my new role and allowed Riot to parade me around like a trophy I was to him. But like all things that started out as a game, soon became a fight for survival. And the only way out was death. So things to know about the ritual. So yeah, what do you think as far as the synopsis goes? I mean, it hits a lot of the points. I actually like this one. Yeah. Because it sets you up. You kind of understand the premise, but it does not give anything away. No. And Outside the lot. fact that she's this guy's chosen. 
Mm-hmm. And that clearly that has some dubious meaning to it. At the end of reading this book and like even that synopsis, like my first thought is like, eat the rich, fuck the rich. <laughs> and how dare they get away with all this shit? And they do get away with a lot of shit. So now that, you know, I've decided I want to eat the rich, uh, let's actually drink with the rich and get into the potion for the episode. And for this episode, I have made the Poppin' Cherries, which is a rum and cola. Because in the book, our main female character drinks a lot of rum and Cokes. So we're going to do that, but elevate it. You're going to need some vanilla Coke, some rum, your choice on whether it's dark or light rum, some amaretto, grenadine, and some maraschino cherries. Put your Coke, your liquors, your grenadine into a glass with ice, stir it up, and top that bad boy off with some maraschino cherries. An elevated rum and coke. Cheers to us and cheers to poppin' cherries. All right, should we just dive into this bad boy? Because there's a lot. There's a lot to spoil in this plot summary. Yeah, might as well. Hold on to your pants. That's my warning. (laughs) Yeah, grab a snack, drink the potion. Just be ready to chill with us for a bit. All right, so Riot, his freshman to junior years at Barrington University, he must complete three initiation tasks to become a lord, which is a secret society for the elite. Again, fuck the rich, eat the rich. And all tasks involve murder. Right off the bat. Uh, The first one is to kill a traitor. The second one is to kill someone in combat. And the third task is to kill a mark with a partner. And Ryan's partner for task number three is... His good buddy, Matt. In his senior year, he becomes a lord, and that ceremony includes being branded. After Riot becomes a full lord, one of their rewards is he gets a chosen, a woman who is basically their submissive and slave, until they're done with them. Yeah, literally, a sex slave. Like, once you are someone's chosen, you do not get a say of how they treat you, what they do to you. Like, you pretty much go into this being like, I am giving myself over to this man. Mind, body, soul. Until they're done with you and then... And that doesn't necessarily have an expiration date. Typically, lords get to choose their chosen from a list of approved women. However, Riot attends a meeting with an unknown upper-level lord, and he is told that he needs to make Blakely Anderson, who's currently a junior, at Barrington his chosen. And Blakely just so happens to be Matt's girlfriend. And Riot and Matt have had a falling out after task number three. So Riot begins to stalk and learn Blakely's habits. And the more he learns, the more he's intrigued by her and wants to make her his chosen. Not just because she's his mission and wants to piss off Matt, but also because he's now attracted to her. He confronts Blakely one day on campus by knocking her over on her way to class. And Matt arrives to this altercation And blames Blakely for it and warns her to stay away from Riot and other lords. We very quickly learn that Blakely and Matt do not have a good relationship and that he is a dick. And also, they are arranged to be married. So she puts up with a lot of his shitty behavior due to this arrangement. Blakely is aware that Matt and Riot are lords and used to be friends but now hate each other. She is, however, kept in the dark about what the lords are and how they operate. She tries to learn, but Matt is always shutting her down anytime she asks about it. Blakely's childhood best friend and fellow Barrington student, Sarah, gets a flyer for a party at the Lord's Place known as, like, the Ritual Party. 
Matt is supposed to be out of state back home in Texas visiting his parents. And since him and Blakely are kind of on bad terms at this point, Sarah convinces Blakely that they should have a girls' night and go. A fellow classmate overhears the girls talking about this party, and she tries to warn them away from attending. But this only makes them want to go more. Night of the party, Blakely and Sarah, they get tipsy, and they're dancing, and they run into Matt, who is in attendance at this party, and not back home in Texas. And he's also there with another girl, who introduces herself as Matt's girlfriend. Ashley, Matt's girlfriend. <laughs> yep. Blakely's like, I'm Matt's girlfriend. <laughs> also. Not anymore. JK, <laughs> I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> Blakely, tired of being treated like shit and very upset about finding out Matt has been cheating on her, breaks up with him and throws a drink in his face. Side note, I've always wanted to throw a drink in a guy's face right? for being a dick. And like very forcefully. Yes. Like have you seen those TikToks of like that um, shot at some bar? It's called a hurricane or a tornado or something like that. Like the guy takes a, a shot and then the bartender who's usually a girl throws water in his face and then slaps him. Jesus. No, I haven't seen these TikToks. It's fantastic. And the best part is they pay for this. Oh, like the guys hilarious. are paying for it. Wow. Sign me up to be that bartender, please. I don't know why. This is just toxic. I've always wanted just to get so mad at someone though that I just throw a drink at their face. Yeah. Like that is a power move in my eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love this from Blakely. Oh, same. It was fantastic. Matt and his side piece wind up leaving the party while Blakely and Sarah continue to party on. And our girls, you know, they're partying on now. And Blakely having a new goal, she wants to fool around with someone as she has been sexually pent up for her whole relationship with Matt. Yeah, Matt is a dick and he keeps turning her down when she makes advances. She wants to have sex. And she really does. But she hasn't had it yet. Riot, who's been watching Blakely for the entire party, starts to follow her as she's drunkenly stumbling around the Lord's house, looking for a bathroom, and she finds her way into Riot's room, just where he wants her. He uses this opportunity to break her into her upcoming role as his chosen and to get her addicted to him and starts to seduce her and winds up restraining Blakely and going down on her. Also, Blakely does not know who this is. She thinks it's Matt. Because yeah. he's wearing, like, a hood. Like, um, the ritual, this party that they're going to, all the lords are in these, like, cloaks. And masks. And masks and stuff, so you can't really tell who they are. And they're all matching. And they're all matching. And so she does not know who this person is, and she thinks that it's Matt going down on her. Mm-hmm. But it's not. During this encounter, Blake winds up passing out and blacking out. And she wakes up to find that Sarah and herself did make it home, and they've also been put to bed. But Blake is missing her panties. Blake has no idea who she had this sexual encounter with. And if things progressed further than just, you know... Foreplay. Foreplay. And she she kind of thinks she probably lost her virginity, and she's okay with it. She's just like, oh, well, I guess... If I slept with someone, I slept with someone. Yep. And she's, like we said, she thinks it was probably Matt. Blake does get a call from her mother... Who is trash and demands to know what is happening with her and Matt. Blake informs her mom that she broke up with him and that he was cheating on her. And Mommy Dearest lets Blakely know she will still be getting married to Matt. So work it out. Yeah, so she better fix things and maybe use this situation to her advantage. Again, the mom is trash. Riot is ready to make Blakely his chosen and she is aware of this 
position and title and has been asking questions about it to both Riot and Matt. Matt would not give any information and threatened her away from wanting this, while Riot informed her it will hurt, but it will be pleasurable. Blake, who is fed up with not being able to make choices for herself and how her mother and Matt treat her, decides she will agree to be Riot's chosen, even without knowing everything that goes with that. Along with that. At the ceremony for the chosen, the lords must baptize their selected and afterwards take them sexually in front of all the other lords. Talk about an initiation for this chosen ceremony. So Riot goes first, and to keep Blakely as covered as possible because he doesn't like to share, and he doesn't want anybody else looking at his lady, he decides that he's going to take her in the mouth that has the most clothing on option as possible, and then after takes her outside so he can finally get a taste and starts ridding Blakely of her virginity outside against the church wall. Then he takes things back to his room so they can get a full sexual encounter with both coming multiple times. Sarah becomes the chosen of Gunner, who's one of Riot's closest friends. Blakely and Riot start to settle into their dynamic, and he provides her a safe place to explore her sexual desires. And she has many. Yes. And Blakely starts finding her voice because she likes to challenge Riot. Yeah, they definitely have like an enemies type banner at this point. Even though they are both very, very attracted to each other physically, and they mm-hmm. get along, they're very compatible sexually at this point already. But they do kind of still personality-wise, they butt heads a lot. Yeah, but they both kind of like that. Yeah, it's it's like foreplay. Yeah, to them. And all the while, Riot still gets to piss. Riot still gets to piss Matt off and further tear Blakely away from him. So he's loving that. Yeah, because at this point, Riot's kind of outlook on this Blakely situation is that she will be his chosen for his senior year until he graduates. And then once he graduates, he's just, he's just going to send Blake back to Matt and have them get married and live happily ever after. But he gets to have like kind of the final laugh because he's like, haha, I'm the one who damaged and like used up your girl. Yeah. And like one of like Riot's main kind of thoughts on like this kind of dynamic now that Blakely is his chosen is he wants Matt to know that Riot was the one that taught Blakely everything so like when she gives him a really good blowjob his thought is going to be like fuck riot was the one who taught her how to do this that was me who showed her the way which is like low-key psychotic but definitely it adds up Mm -hmm. and matt sucks so i don't care in this instance yeah matt's awful riot is still a very dominant possessive jealous toxic asshole but he does start to develop a soft spot for blakely Blakely is still very much in the dark about how the Lords operate. She does have a confrontation with Matt that rocks her emotionally, where she is witnessing Riot talking to Gunner and this, like, mysterious blonde girl. Matt informs her that the girl, Cindy, will be Riot's wife, and when he marries Blakely, he's going to turn her into his sex whore, and she will never see the light of day again. Yeah, Matt sucks. When Riot finds out about the threat Matt made against Blake, he is determined she will never have to go back to him and starts the process of negotiating for her. First part is when Matt's father offers money to Riot's dad for him to dismiss Blake as his chosen. Riot's dad asks how much he's willing to offer to keep Blake. He doesn't answer this question. Matt, upset about his deal not going through, sees an opportunity to get even 
when there is an assassination attempt on a high-power lord, which leaves that lord's young son being killed. So Matt volunteers himself and Riot to be the ones who go on assignment to eliminate the person responsible for the death of the lord's son in prison. Because if Riot is with Matt on this mission, he can't be with Blakely. So stupid. During the mission, Riot gets himself put into solitary confinement where the mark is being held by beating up Matt. Like, as soon as they get in there, he starts that a prison great. fight. great. And when Riot is finally able to get his chance to kill the mark, he is moved to where he should then be picked up for, like, the mission being complete. And an inmate hired by Matt tries to kill Riot. Matt's plan of killing Riot in prison is not successful, however. But Riot does get the shit beat out of him. Like yes. This fight that he has in this in the cell with this random other inmate is definitely a lot more dramatic than the Mark fight. Yeah. He was able to do that, like, very clean. He was, mm-hmm. like, in and out. But this guy really took him by surprise and put up a fight. Yes. But Riot was better. Yes. So Riot sets up a meeting with his father, the family lawyer, and Blakely's father, where it is revealed that he is the higher-up lord that requested Riot to make Blakely his chosen. Full circle. It makes sense. It makes sense as to why, like, that person asked Riot. But this was like the first bomb being dropped. Yes. And Riot wants to arrange for him to marry Blakely instead of Matt. And offers up some mad money. Oh, yeah. $500,000, where Matt's offer was 50K for Riot to back off. Blakely's father agrees to this arrangement as he was not a fan of or approved of the initial agreement for Blake to marry Matt. That was all Blakely's mother's doing. And also, Riot's dad wasn't a huge fan of, like, Cindy. And, like, that kind of arrangement was more, it wasn't like an actual, like, contract. It was kind of just like a verbal agreement that these two families would hook up and whatever but like riot's dad also was like i don't care if you end up breaking off your agreement with that family either so it was like it worked out it was you know they didn't have too much tied into that and we find out that matt's family's standing and the men matt and his dad standing within the lords is falling and they needed the marriage to blakely's family to ensure their fortune and power because blakely's dad is like way high up in comparison to Matt's and his dad's. When you found this out in the book, were you super pissed about how Matt was treating Blakely, but, like, he needed Blake? Yeah. But he was such shit to her? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that made me so upset. Like, I was already mad and pissed off at him, but, like, then it's just like, wait, so you need her and you're going to treat her like shit? Like, her family's money is what's going to make you... And your family succeed, but yet you are going to make her your sex slave and she's never going to see the light of day? What planet, Matthew, are you living on, hun? Some <laughs> alternate reality and just... Mm. This Lord's thing really went to his head. Oh, like, yeah, he, he He thinks that he is way more powerful and he thought better. He, was com- he thinks he's completely untouchable. Fucking idiot. And that he's the bee's knees and, like, end-all, be-all. And it's like, dude... And, like, the thing is with, like, this t- this secret society is that it's kind of doggy dog. Yeah. It's not, like, just because you're a lord with other lords does not mean that you guys work together. It's kind of like, and they, like, take out. Mm-hmm. If you fuck up, if you do something that goes against the laws of this society, it's they death. fucking kill you. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like I don't understand where this confidence 
is coming from from Matt. Like, I think that he's just delusional and was raised in a household that they probably were just like, you're going to be a lord. You're going to be powerful. You're going to be wealthy. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And it really just. And then you're going to marry into this even more wealthy and powerful family. And then you're going to be able to take on their wealth and power without having to do any work, really. Yeah. Very delusional. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, Blake's father agrees to this match with Riot under the condition that Blake must choose him and a contract is signed. So now we actually have a, like a legal binding agreement. I do like how Blake's dad though was like, I'll agree if she agrees. Yeah. Like I'm not going to go over her head and now give her to someone else. I did appreciate that. Yeah, that was good. And through some sexy time, Riot proposes to Blakely and she accepts, passes out and then wakes up to a big ass ring on her finger. Blakely and Riot get into a playful fight about her trying to escape him, which leads to a challenge. Riot will let her try to escape him, but if he finds her, he gets to take her however he wants. Blakely gets on her father's private plane and tries to head for a tropical destination under the guise of a girl's trip. And Riot, who's been trailing her and surveilling her for the entire book, is aware of the flight plans So he also gets on the plane secretly and changes the destination to his family's mountain home. He slips drugs into Blakely's champagne and to prep his prize of winning the challenge, which for him is finally getting to have anal with her. So while she's like drugged out, he's like lubing up her butt and like puts a butt plug in there. And this also is not the first time that he's drugged her. And done things to her. And done things to her, yeah. They spend a few days vacationing with sex in the mountains and return to Barrington to get married at a courthouse ceremony. Once they are officially wed, it is time to go to a Lord's event where Riot makes the announcement to the Lords that he and Blakely are husband and wife. So after making the announcement of their marriage, Riot leads Blakely to the dance floor for them to share their first dance as a married couple and their first romantic kiss ever. 50% in. So much sex. There was, there was a lot of sex scenes that we skipped over in that first part. They have never kissed. Yep. <laughs> so, of course, Riot also uses this moment to rub things into Matt's face more. Blakely, needing a break to freshen up, goes to Riot's room at the Lord's house, and Matt follows behind her and spills some secrets to her that Riot doesn't actually love her, that this is all a game, that he paid $500,000 for her when he offered 50000 how Riot has been tracking her, how he's been blocking her calls and texts from people, and monitoring her searches with her phone. So after hearing how everything she thought she knew about her relationship with Riot was a lie, Blakely kind of freaks out and decides that it's time for her to run for real. So she leaves everything behind and takes off. So Blakely has been gone for three weeks, working at a dive bar in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and living in a cheap motel while Riot, his father, and Blakely's father have been trying to locate her. One night while Blakely is working at the bar, a man aggressively hits on her and tries to take her out after her shift. And then after being rejected multiple times, he eventually leaves the bar, only to approach Blakely after closing time while she is taking out the trash. This man attacks her and lets Blakely know that she's owed payment to him for Riot and how he is going to send her back to him in pieces. Thankfully, Riot steps out of the shadows and kills this man in front of Blake. 
Blake and Riot start to square off with each other, confronting a lot of the lies, secrets, and toxic behavior going on with both of them. Blake does learn that since she is married to Riot, she is now considered a lady and will have her own initiation, which involves her killing someone. Riot takes Blake home to his cabin in the woods. Not that cabin in the woods. This is not haunted. (laughs) I mean, it kind of is a little bit. With all the shit that's happened, everywhere that they go is like kind of fucking haunted. It is. He gets her cleaned up. And while she was gone, Riot realizes he actually cares for Blake and is low-key falling for her. It's more than just an obsession, which he's kind of always played it off as. Mm -hmm. The next morning, Riot gives Blakely an out with divorce papers and states how he doesn't want her anymore and leaves. This pisses Blakely off, and she is now kind of on the train of, nope, it's till death do us part, motherfucker, and burns the papers that he has already signed. So when Blakely is about to chase down her man, she is greeted by Cindy showing up to the cabin ready to seduce Riot. Oh, hail to the no, no, no. She makes it seem like she has been fucking Riot while Blake was gone. Blakely steps up ready to fight and do whatever needs to be done to keep her mans. So she attacks Cindy and ties her up. When Riot comes back, Blakely gives him his wedding gift, a confrontation and a tied up Cindy. And then we also get a visit from both Blake's dad and Riot's dad in this moment, while Cindy is like tied up in like the closet. Blakely has officially passed her first test, which was the divorce papers and will be initiated as a lady. Oh, that made me so mad. I mean, I kind of saw that one coming. Yeah, because he receives a text the night before, and he kind of, like, sighs. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he's like, fuck. And he just, like, declared his love. And then all of a sudden, he's like, I want a divorce. Bye. You mean nothing to me? Like, no. That was sketch. Yes. So, obviously, the test was if she signed the papers. She failed. She failed. She probably would have been killed. Yep. So, after the fathers leave, Riot and Blake interrogate, torture, and kill Cindy... They fuck around the body. On the torture table. Like, on the torture table. And then they bury her body. That whole torture scene was very Den of Vipers vibes. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what happened in Den of Vipers, essentially. Torture, murder, fuck. Mm-hmm. In torture chamber. As dead body is just kind of there. <laughs> so now it's time to interrogate, torture, and kill Ashley... Matt's girlfriend slash chosen in front of the Lords. It's also revealed Matt wants Blakely dead. Okay, so Ashley and Cindy were in on this kind of plan to get rid of Blakely. Mm-hmm. Cindy showing up, she had a syringe of something yeah. that was going to probably kill Blakely or make it so then she passes out and then they can kill her or whatever. And then it's Later found out that, like, Ashley, Matt's girlfriend, was also an accomplice in this. And so that is why they are interrogating and murdering Ashley in front of everyone. Because they need her to kind of spill the beans on all of this. And have it all connect back to Matt so then he can get in trouble with the Lords. Yes. So Blakely is no longer afraid of Riot and is all in with him and the Lords. She's kind of done like a complete 180 where she's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to man up to this challenge. This is my life now. Yeah, and I'm going to be the best fucking lady to Riot's Lord that I can be. 
We find out Matt has been surveilling the couple for a while, and his allies were Cindy and Ashley. Ashley followed Blakely the night she left town and was keeping tabs on her. Matt hired the man who attacked Blake at the bar. He also kind of, I think, had a connection to the Lords, and Riot probably, like, beat him out or something. And our couple, Riot and Blake, are finally and mutually in love. So, I mean, that's a positive that kind of came out of this situation. This awful, awful, awful thing. So Riot and Blakely then move into the club's blackout, is the club's name, like, apartments that are kind of attached to the club or something like that. Yeah, it's probably like, you know, it kind of reminded me of like Owned by Fate, how it's like you have the club on one level and then like you take an elevator and it, or stairs or whatever. And there's suites and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Blakely is ready to go back to school, but gets informed that won't be happening. And Riot has hired someone to take her place at Barrington when she ran away. Wouldn't that be great for you with your master's program oh right now? Oh my God. Oh my God. If I could hire and pay someone to finish my master's, I 1,000% would if I knew I was never going to get caught. Not worth it if I knew I was if I was going to get caught, though. A few days later, Raya and Blakely get a notification that the next night will be Blakely's initiation. Blakely meets Tyson, the owner of Blackout, and a fellow lord. They walk in on him getting an intense blowjob from a server, and Blake learns a new kink she likes to watch. Riot wants to know if there's any update on Matt's whereabouts with Blake's initiation coming up, and there isn't. He's still in hiding. He's MIA. Riot wants to play some sexy games with Blakely to keep her mind off the upcoming mission, and he has a whole empty club to play with his wife in. After this intense sex scene, Riot must go to the Lord's meeting, but Sarah comes to the club to bring Blake her car and have some girl time. While The girls are in Blake's car. Sarah realizes that she left her phone at the bar and goes inside to retrieve it. While she's gone, Matt shows up and brutally attacks Blake, bashing her face into the steering wheel of the car and then taking off. Sarah and Tyson get Blake to the hospital and notify Riot of the attack, and he is not happy. Not at all. Because Tyson was also supposed to be keeping tabs on Blake. Mm -hmm. At the hospital, Blake's father and father-in-law visit her, and it's time for some secrets to be exposed. So we learn that Leanne, who was Riot and Matt's mission that went bad at the very beginning of the book, a woman was killed. Not the target. The target's wife was killed. Yeah, they killed the target, but then Matt wanted to take things further, and, like, he wanted— to have sex. I mean, he wanted to rape the woman, the wife. And she flees and ends up falling or getting pushed down the stairs and she died. Yeah. And Riot wasn't into Matt getting his way with the lady. He's like, no, we're here to kill this dude. We're in, we're out. Matt fucked up that mission. Yes. So we, we learned that Leanne, the woman who died on Riot and Matt's mission, was Blake's father's chosen and he was in love with her. We also find out Blake's parents' marriage was arranged, and Valerie, who is Blake's mom, is not her actual biological mother, Leanna's, the woman who died on that mission. Older lords try to get Riot to admit Matt was the one who killed Leanne, but he stays loyal to his lord vows and doesn't rat. Blakely and Riot, shocked at the revelations, kick them out and go home. Once they return home, Riot opens up to Blakely, about the lords, what he has to ha- what he has had to do for them, and they get a lot closer and more emotionally intimate with each other, and of course, more sex. 
They get three weeks together as almost a normal couple. Yay. <laughs> so now it's time for a Halloween party. That is a lot to happen in the first semester of like two months of school. Right? Like that's a lot of shit. Okay. So it's time for the Halloween party at the Lord's. Riot is dressed as a skull like the rest of the Lord's and Blake is a sacrifice. A sexy sacrifice. Sexy sacrifice. After some partying, Blake heads outside for some fresh air to run into Tyson fucking a girl. And she watches again because she likes it. Riot comes up to her and finger bangs her while she watches them getting nice and worked up. They go home and have sex. Yay, sex. After their at-home session, they are cuddled up together on the living room floor. And Blakely decides she wants her own Lord's Mark to prove her commitment and love to Riot. That includes, like, all elements of him. So the fact that he has done some bad things, he'll continue to do bad things. But she accepts and loves all the pieces of him, especially with her initiation getting canceled after her attack. That was the night that she was supposed to have her initiation, and obviously she was in the hospital. So it didn't happen. And they also decided to not test her. They decided to call off the initiation and said, okay, we're just going to— I feel like her being attacked by a lord was— Probably enough. Yeah. So they're like, you're good. You're a lady. Congrats. So Riot brands Blake with his Lord's Ring sigil. So we get a six-week time jump. Our couple is in wedded relationship bliss. When they get home one night, they are greeted to Matt sitting on the couch waiting for them, and he has a gun. Matt has gone full psychotic, and he can't have Blakely. No one will. That's kind of where we're at with Matt at this point. He goes to shoot Blake, but Riot is fast to react and shields her, getting shot instead. Matt leaves Riot for dead and kidnaps Blake, and he has an accomplice. When Blake comes to, she starts throwing up and sees that the person helping Matt is Valerie, her not-so-biological mom. Mom. (laughs) Valerie realizes that Blakely is pregnant, and decides she's going to take Blake's baby and leave her for Matt to do with as he pleases. Great mother figure. Cut to Riot, who is not dead. He wakes up in the hospital a week later, still very injured after being shot, not once, but four times. But he wants to get his wife back. The gang's all at the hospital. Gunner, Cricket, Sarah, Tyson, Blake and Riot's fathers. Riot lets it be known he put a tracking device in Blake and he won't give up the location unless he is able to go get her himself. Like, this kind of made me mad that he installed a tracking chip in her, but also it kind of works. After a lot of arguing, Riot and Blake's dads are the ones going on the rescue mission. So jump back to Blake. Matt is ready to give her the rape fantasy that she has always wanted because that is something that is also a kink of Blake's forced sex. Not rape fantasy. There is a difference. She has a forced sex fantasy because she likes being very submissive and she likes the thought of someone wanting her so bad that they they can't, yeah, they can't keep their hands off of her. She tells Matt in kind of a flashback memory that she had a dream where this kind of happened, where she didn't know her attacker and they ended up like having sex in this dream. And he freaks out and is like, you're fucked up. Like, who wants to be raped? But she's like, it's not about that it's consensual he doesn't understand it riot understands it he's fabulous when it comes to this because riot then also explained it to blake like how how it really is he's like no this isn't a rape fantasy you want for sex 
you want to be dominated and give up power and have your choices taken away from you in a consensual manner. Rape does not include consent. Right. And that's something Matt doesn't understand. No, because Matt also tried to rape someone on one of their missions, but then also Blake's freaks mom. out. Yeah, like freaks <laughs> out. Like, the fuck? So, yeah. So, Blake's being held hostage. Matt is completely losing his marbles and is like, you'll get that rape fantasy because guess what? I'm going to rape you now. But obviously, this is not the consensual for sex that Blakely and Riot have had. This is going to be actually rape and like she doesn't want it, obviously. A terrified Blake gets a head start and does the best she can to try to run and escape. So she tries to hide. Matt finds her and Blake almost bites his nose off. Loved that. And starts fleeing from him again. When Matt catches up to her again, they are met with Tyson being there all of a sudden. Our relief of him being there to help save Blake is quickly gone when he professes to being done with the Lords and betraying Riot and Blake in the past and agrees to partake in raping Blake with Matt. She gets another head start to run and she takes off, only to be pulled back into another body. Thankfully, this body belongs to Riot. Yay. Tyson was in on the rescue mission, but had to act like he was Team Matt to buy Riot some time. Also, think about Riot is still Riot is still in very, very shaky condition. Yeah. He should not be on this mission. No, not at all. So there's a standoff with Riot, Tyson, Matt, and Blake. Then Matt's dad enters the scene with a gun to Tyson. So Matt's dad is in on this too, as Blake's initiation mission was going to be her killing him. Which is why Matt ruined that evening to save his dad because his dad fucked up and did something. Things work out, though, and Matt's dad gets killed while Matt and Valerie are drugged, bound, and transported back to the Lords for a confessional later. Riot did get re-injured and needs to be back in the hospital. So when Riot wakes up from the hosp- wakes up at the hospital, this time Blakely is with him in bed, and she lets him know that she is pregnant with twins— It takes Riot three weeks to recover in the hospital. Once he is released, he and Blake head to blackout. Riot wants to check on the prisoner, Matt, and taunt him one more time before his confession and execution at the Lord's. So it's time for the big show and all to be revealed with Valerie and Matt's confession session in front of all of the Lord's. Valerie is the one who signed Blakely up to be chosen and blackmailed her father to allow it to happen. Blakely's father wanted to save her from Matt, which is why he asked Riot to choose her. Valerie admits it was Matt who killed Leanne on that mission. Valerie found out her husband was still in contact with Leanne and reached out to Matt for him to scare her off. And as payment, he would get Blakely. But Matt took things too far. So after this, we get another big kind of bomb dropped when Leanne struts in very much alive. And we learn some more truths. Valerie put a hit on her to keep the truth of Leanne being Blakely's mother away from Blake. Matt tried to rape her, so Leanne cuts his dick off. Yes. And Tyson winds up hanging him for his final death. Valerie still wants Blakely's babies, so she kills her. So the show's over, and everyone goes home after being very traumatized by this. A lot came out in this scene. So 10 weeks later, Riot takes a meeting with Gregory Mallory, the lord who owed him a favor from the prison mission, 
Instead of becoming a judge in New York, Riot is going to take over Mallory's position in Pennsylvania so that they can stay in their cabin home, which is what Blake wants. Blakely secretly goes back to Texas for a meeting with her father and Leanne, and she gets some final information. So Leanne and her dad got married his senior year of Barrington. Her father and Valerie's marriage was a lie. They weren't technically legally married. Whether Valerie knew, knows this, we don't know. She's dead now, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. really matter, but whatevs. Nathan Myers, the man Leanne was married to and the mark of Riot and Matt's um, initiation murder, was her assignment. She was actually assigned to kind of potentially take him down. Blake's dad knew Leanne was alive the whole time and was constantly testing Riot, and he always passed, which is why he was selected to be paired with Blake, and that was actually Leanne's decision. Leanne was the one that went to Phil, the dad, Mm -hmm. Blake's dad, and was like, I want him. I saw how he was on the mission, and that's the type of lord I want my daughter to be with. Leanne knows everything. She's fucking crazy and shows women have more power than men. I really liked that part. That was the only part of Leanne that I liked, that it it showed that women were just as valuable and important in this society. Especially because, like, all this time it was just, like, very patriarchal and, like, men, 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 men. And then with this huge reveal of Leanne, it was like, oh, she's been running shit this whole time. Yeah, I mean, she's been behind the scenes pretty much the whole four years that she's been dead, essentially. Or it probably was even less than four years because that was their sophomore year, junior year. Was that their last trial? That was Riot's junior year, so probably a year. So a year. She was she was playing dead behind the scenes for a year. Yeah. So that that ten week jump was actually our first epilogue. epilogue, and this book had two epilogues. So we go a ten week jump, and then we go eighteen year jump. So Riot and Blakely are still very much in love. And he is a judge in Pennsylvania. They have three kids who they have been truthful with about the Lord stuff. They have twin boys, Rain and Royal, who are seniors in high school. Ryan is their daughter who is a junior in high school. Rain wants to go to Barrington and become a Lord. Royal does not. Ryan wants to go to Stanford like her mom always did or always wanted to, but she couldn't because she was forced to go to Barrington. But it definitely seems like they are not forcing their kids down a path of the Lords. And Blakely is very, very against Rain wanting to be part of the Lords. She really was hoping that none of her kids would want to partake. And then Ryan's like, we gave them the choice. And if this is what he's choosing, we got to, like, let it go. And that's (laughs) the ritual. The end. The freaking end. And now we will jump right into the sex talk, the smutty, smutty sex talk, because this book was, that's a lot of plot, but the sex, oh my God. So much sex. Because you asked me to like bookmark all the sex scenes and part one had 14 and then part two had 11. Holy shit. And- I just include like actual big sexual moments, not just the tension in Bants, like where physical things were actually happening. All right, Alex. Well, you got to start us off. Let's talk about a few of your favorite part one. I say we should do our top three. Okay. Because there's just so many. I mean, there's a lot to choose from. 
All right. So with part one, I think we need to talk about some of the um, traumatic and just iffy, iffy <laughs> things um, with the sex first. So in the beginning, before Riot and Blake have like a consensual, healthy, I'm putting that in freaking air quotes, sexy relationship, you know, he's stalking her, spying on her. He masturbates to her like without her knowledge there's two different points where he puts, like, GHB and, like, some other sort of drug and like, her drinks and does stuff to her while she's unconscious without having, like, a conversation getting consent beforehand. Yeah, I think beforehand. The, the main one was he left it for her, right? With a little tag that said, like, drink, drink me. me. But still not, like, saying what it is, what it's going to do to her, what he will do to her. But she does it. She does it. So that happens in this book. Now, as far as, you know, actual scenes I could kind of get on board with, once Riot and Blake are a little bit more established and actually have some trust built up, and we talk, they talk about, like, Blake's forced sex fantasy, when he goes to New York to negotiate for her hand in marriage and comes, he comes back a day early to actually enact a forced sex fantasy for Yeah, because they, they kind of have this conversation where he's like, we can definitely do that if it's something that you're into. And he's like, would you want to know it's coming or do you want it to be a surprise? And she's like, surprise. So he fucking makes it a surprise. Yeah. So Blake thinks he's going to be in New York for a weekend and he's only there for a day. Comes back and stages her, kidnapping her, basically. Yeah blindfolds her, gags her, ties her up, throws, throws her, her in the over trunk, his shoulder. And then he drives to the cabin in the woods, which eventually becomes their home. And he takes her. And they like to use a lot of restraint, like, through all of their sexy time. Yeah, I mean, like, She's ropes, con- bondage is a constant. Yeah. handcuffs. Rope, ties. Blindfolds. Really anything. Like, because she does have that that for sex, so she does like that restraint. She mm-hmm. likes having no control, but knowing that she's in safe hands. Yep. And then when she realizes it is Riot, she kind of calms down, but then he, like, takes things further and, like, shackles her to the bed. And it's a lot. It is a lot. But you know what? It's This is something that when Riot was, when Blakely kind of opens up, because she has this... How this comes about is she has a dream and it's like essentially like a wet dream. Like mm-hmm. she gets turned on from it. She wakes up and she runs into her living room and Riot just happens to be chilling there when she was asleep and he can tell that she's flustered. So he's like, the fuck have you been doing? Because one of his ground rules, you can't touch yourself. That's one I'm of the one rules. that gets you off. Yeah. And so she comes out and she's flustered and he can tell that like something is And up. he's like, did you touch yourself? And, Were you masturbating? Right. And she's like, no. And then so he kind of has to coax it out of her. But she eventually kind of spills like, I had a dream. He's like, what, what's the dream? And she goes, I have this dream that I'm on a run and I'm running away or I'm running through the woods and a stranger appears and they forcefully take me. There's no consent, but like there is consent in the dream, essentially. Like, like she is consenting in the dream because it's what she wants. Yeah. But up until this point, the person never had a face. But this dream, she sees it as being riot. It's riot. And so she opens up, and that's kind of how they, like, talk about her fantasies. And reading kind of this conversation that they have, I actually understand the four-sexed fantasy fantasy in a completely different light now. Because now I'm like, 
I could kind of get behind that. Like, just the submissive element and just being like, there's consent, but I want you to fucking take what you want. Mm -hmm. Like, now I understand it. And I thought that how he kind of explained it, and I mean, really, Chantel, like, the writer, right? Yeah. I mean, she explains it. it in a fantastic way. And it was like a really and good, yeah. I think it really takes the stigma out of that kink in fantasy. No, because I was kind of like, oh, this bitch knows what she's talking about. Okay. Yeah. We see you, Shanta. Okay. And then another very intense sex scene is the anal scene in the mountain home. So part I didn't like was where he was prepping her for this on the plane when he drugs her champagne. And he puts like a plug in her butt, right? Yeah. To he kind of loosen, loosen it up. Yeah. <laughs> prep it. Prep her for her first anal experience. And then when they are doing this, it's in the bathroom. And he like takes some rope out and like ties her to the drawers in the bathroom and it just seemed so uncomfortable, like a very uncomfortable and like painful position to be in. And then to get taken from behind. And then when he's thrusting, like she's like, you know, freaking getting thrusted. Right into the freaking. Into counters. Yeah. Into that ledge. Yeah. But it was also like so well written that it was hot at the same time. But you're kind of like, damn, this girl's getting like. This is gonna, she's gonna leave, like have bruising. Yeah. <laughs> like it's intense. A lot of these sex scenes were very intense. Well, Riot is also just very intense. Yeah. I mean, I think that Blakely likes very intense things mm-hmm. and she's into very intense things, but like Riot is also into, and he takes it very intensely. And like, I mean, just bondage all the time. He's always Constantly. tying this bitch up. But she's here for it. Mm-hmm. She loves it. We get like one soft lovemaking scene and it was because they were just released from a hospital. Right. At the very end of the book. I will say I do like how anytime Riot learned a new kink for Blake, he, he like indulged her. It. Yeah. He like, yeah, because Riot, as hard and like as gray of a lead character as you can like get. And questionable. Right. And questionable. He's definitely the anti-hero, right? You root for him, but you really shouldn't be rooting for him, essentially. Yeah. He is fantastic with Blake when it comes to kind of exploring her like sexual desires Mm -hmm. because he even makes like a internal thought being like, Matt's a fucking idiot. His girlfriend literally told her, told him he had, she has a four sex like kink and he didn't even like do research and like try to figure it out and understand. He just like judged her and freaked out and was a dick about it. But like shamed her. Right. And Riot was like, I hung out with this girl for 20 minutes and I knew that she had this kink and and what it actually meant and how she wanted to be taken right the only thing I didn't like with the sexy time is obviously I don't like the virginity trope and the fact that they had sex multiple times after she lost her virginity and very painfully and forcefully no I could forgive that because Chantel in her writing kind of is always hinting that even though Blakely had never had penis in vagina intercourse she was very well versed with like sex toys yeah and so like the possibility of her like breaking her hymen I mean I'm not saying that it would still not be painful I definitely think that the first time would be painful but it is mentioned that she like never bleeds and she never really shows that she's in any kind of physical discomfort so I kind of forgave it because I'm like this girl was riding a dildo like all the time because her boyfriend was not giving it to her (laughs) It was better done than cruel lies, well, but 
And they still didn't like it. Also, were 18 in Cruel Eyes, where at least our leads were in their 20s in this book. True. So, okay, so my favorite kind of sexy scenes in part two is the blackout playtime. That was so at good. At the club. So, Tyson is the owner of Blackout, and he kind of like the club is like closed. He's turned off all the cameras, there's no one in the vicinity. And so, Riot decides to have some fun with Blake, and he, like, he sets a soundtrack. There's, like, that cat and mouse, that, like, chasing, kind of where he's, like, run. Find me. Right. There's, like, praising, because something else that Blakely likes is she likes to be told that she's doing well. So, like, good girl. Yeah, because she hears, like, someone else get called a good girl, and she's like, I like this. And, like, Riot was with her when this happened, and he could tell that it was something that whatever. So he also learns that she has a praise kink. So he's always constantly like, good girl. Like, you're such a good girl. There's obviously domination because that's just the style that they like to have sex in. Mm-hmm. Riot just dominating the shit out of Blake. So they're in the basement and he puts an open mouth gag on Blake. He finger fucks her mouth. She's like drooling everywhere. Oh, my. This was so intense. I mean, this is obviously making her really wet. Yeah. So, like, she's ready to go. He then fucks her mouth with the gag still in place, like, holding her mouth open. hmm And then they're just, like, fucking on the concrete floor. Yeah. And then there's, like, a line where he's, like, I want your mouth as wet as your pussy or something like that. And it was just, oh, my goodness. But something that I do appreciate about Riot is there's always some type of aftercare, too. They, like, have really intense sex, but he does always make sure she's okay afterwards Mm -hmm. and, like, cleans her up and helps her, like, like, shower. Like a calm down, cuddle session. Yeah. They shower together a lot, and then they, like, you know, cuddle in bed and Praises her with the good girls and... So that was was a lot. That That scene was a lot. Oh, my goodness. But it was a really good one. The next scene that I really liked was actually the last sex scene that we had of the book. So they have sex in the hospital right before Riot gets released for the second time. And he puts a vibrator in Blake's vagine. And he is taking her back to Blackout, to the club. So they get into the car. And on that drive... Riot wants to play a game. He wants to see how many times Blake can come from the vibrator on the car ride to blackout from the hospital. I want to play this game. Right? Okay. This scene happens right before they're also on their way. To check on prisoner Matt. To check on prisoner Matt. So that's why they're going. They're going to blackout because they've been in the hospital. Matt's been in custody with the Lords for the past three weeks. So Blake obviously has this vibrator up in her and she's orgasming like the whole ride to blackout where Matt is waiting. So Riot and Blake then go down to the basement where Matt is and he takes off Blake's soaked panties which has his and Blake's come because they had sex at the hospital. Yep. And then the vibrator on the way to the hospital and stuffs it into Matt's mouth. <laughs> and Riot's kind of like, consider this your last meal. And that like, you'll never. 
And then he kind of, because like Matt knows that they're obviously Blake's panties, but then Riot also lets him know that like, I also came in You're tasting both of us. So. You're not going to get her without me. Like that was so diabolical, but I was so here for it because I'm like, whatever, Matt, do whatever torture you want to Matt. He deserves the worst. He deserves everything he had coming. But I just like, I love, like Riot is just, that's so him. Yeah, because he likes to gag Blake with her panties and, like, kind of, like, tape her mouth shut or whatever. He does that a lot throughout the book. But those were only a handful of the smutty scenes, and there were so many. Yeah. And they were all so in-depth. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like they were all very well-written. Like, And they're all very different. Yes. You have some similar themes, like, you know, the gagging restraints but you're getting different restraints. You're getting different types of gags. But and with any romance book, I feel like you do have the same types of themes found in like the sexual stuff, depending on like the characters and what they like. Yeah. I did enjoy um, Blake discovering new kinks throughout the book where I feel like a lot of romance books we've read. They're already the, kind of established. The character already knows what, they, what they're into. Yeah, Blake definitely knew that she was into some things, but she did evolve and she did kind of grow based on what she was exposed to and things what she, she saw witnessed. And- what she then wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that. So do we want to go into our new, well, it's not our new segment, but a different kind of segment because this book had me reeling. I didn't know how to feel about a lot of the stuff and a lot of the content. Yes, I've been looking forward most to this discussion. So typically in an episode, we obviously do our just loves and hates where we talk about things we love in the book, things we hate in the book. And we will do that. And we do have some of the loves and hates but I think both of us, as we were reading, kind of struggled being like, do I love this or do I hate this? I, I can't, I don't know. And I wanted to know what you were saying. So as I was reading this book, I made a very long list of questions. Of questions. Is it a love or is it a hate? So we're going to play that right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. So the first one, one of the things that a minor detail that we didn't really touch on in our plot breakdown involves the lords abstaining from sex during their initiation. So from their freshman to junior year, they, they can't are have sex. they cannot have sex and if they do they get if they get caught, they get kicked out. Mm-hmm. It's about restraint and it's about showing that you commitment. Right, you can put something else on hold for the lords. Yeah. So did you love or hate that? I loved that. I did too, cuz it's funny because you learn that like Riot was sexually active before college. Mm-hmm. And then when and he kind of went to- ham. Yeah. Kind of went ham his senior year of high school. And then cold turkey. For three years. For three years. Which is also, I'm just curious about the whole like Ashley Matt thing. Because why would Matt have two girlfriends if he couldn't fuck either of them? Right. Like why is he cheating on Blakely with another bitch if he can't sleep with her? I feel like he did. I know. It's something that was never mentioned or never brought up, never hinted at that he potentially was breaking that oath with her. But that just kind of, I was like, With everything else he did in this book, he probably did that. Yeah. And he probably was not nice about it. No. And I I don't think he would have gotten caught with Ashley because she was like the backup, like the kind of cover. Also, I just don't think the Lords really cared about her. Because they knew he was going to end up with Blakely. Yeah. So I feel like they kept an eye more so on that relationship and dynamic and maybe didn't pay attention to what he did with Ashley. Fair enough. That's a good hypothesis. Not confirmed, but it is my theory. Okay, so the next one. Blake's four sex fantasies slash all the scenes surrounding this kind of kink. Love or hate? I loved it because of the education that was provided to the reader around that kink. 
I do too. I also love it because it's very consensual. Yes. Like that's what Blake likes. And I think that Riot is very, he's understanding about it. But he, he does his does research. It. He does his research, but he also like doesn't, yes, what they're doing is very intense, but I also feel like he's not pushing boundaries that Blake doesn't already want him to push. Yeah, because they've, thankfully, it's they've also already had sex multiple times before that reveal that right. happens. And he did ask some good questions beforehand, like before initiating it. Okay. So this is another kind of like plot thing that we didn't really mention. But there's a scene where after Riot and Blakely have been each other's chosen, she's broken up with Matt. They're not married yet. Mm -hmm. That hasn't been in the talks yet. But Valerie, Blake's mom, non-biological mom, she shows up at Blake's apartment and they have this confrontation where Valerie slaps the shit out of Blake and Riot goes ham and like literally throws Valerie and is like never fucking like choke slams her yeah like slams her by the throat up against the wall threatens her and then physically throws her out of the apartment and locks her out Mm -hmm. love or hate because that was very intense it was very intense very aggressive (laughs) like all around just like all of that scene was very I kind of hated it now I'm happy that Riot stood up for Blake and, like, put Valerie in check. But I think it could have been done with less force. See, I'm kind of torn on this one because Valerie should have never slapped Blake. No, she shouldn't have agreed with that. But him, like, choke slamming her up against a wall, like, he is definitely more powerful and stronger than Valerie. He 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 could have gotten the same... End goal without being as aggressive. Yeah. I think that it's very on brand for Riot as a character. It is. I just don't think the action justified that much force behind it. But also learning about Valerie and kind of her end game. Hindsight. Hindsight. I don't think I mind it. I think I'm kind of on the same wavelength. Like, I think that it was very aggressive. And I don't like, I wouldn't want, I don't know. It was just super aggressive and it kind of came out of nowhere. But after learning about Valerie being so shitty, I'm kind of like Riot should have done more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hindsight after, you know, the ending of the book, yeah, she deserved it. Fuck that bitch. But in the moment, it's like he could have just restrained her hands behind her back and kind of gotten in her face and been like, you are not going to lay hands on her. You are no longer welcome here. I was a little— And removed her from the situation. I was a little surprised with Blake's response because— it didn't really seem like she was all that mad no. that Riot reacted that way, no, which I think is very toxic. She wasn't upset <laughs> by it. She was turned on by it. Yeah. And like at this point, Valerie is Blake's mom. Yeah. So it's kind of like, damn. But Blake and her mom had never gotten along. No, and they Blake, had a very bad and toxic right. and abusive relationship. Yeah. So she probably, and her mom just like struck her mm-hmm. hard. So it's kind of like a love and a hate because I I don't know if I liked it as the first time reader going through, but in hindsight, I don't mind it because Valerie ended up being a bad guy. Yeah. Okay, we talked about this, the drugging, the multiple instances of drugging. Hated it. Hated it. What about you? Gray area. Like, this is the issue that I have because in an, a real world setting, hell no. Don't be going and drugging people and then doing shit to them. Don't roofie people. Yeah. Like, obviously, don't the, roofie people. The only one I'm less mad at is 
the GHB one where it says drink me because that a choice was provided. She could either do it or not. But then the things that happened afterwards, yeah. no. But like the one on the plane, no. Yeah, I don't I didn't necessarily like that one. Because he was he also uses drugging as a way of like getting out of having to have conversations with Blake. Like when he had to go to jail mm-hmm. to do that mission, he drugs, he drugs her. her. He drugs her so he doesn't have to explain because they were already fighting because their whole relationship is just fighting and fucking. And then they finally get kind of okay, but they still fight. So it's like, you know, I didn't appreciate that element that he uses these drugs to like Yeah, and then when he drugs her? her at the very first Lord's party, no. Right. Yeah, I guess the only one that I'm okay eh, with is the GHB one where she kind of, they've already kind of had some instances together where she knows if she takes this, she doesn't know what it's going to do, but she knows that he's going to show up and she knows that something sexual is probably going to happen. So that's the only one that I I feel like I'm like okay with. I'm the most okay with that one and I'm still not fully on board with that. Okay, fair enough. So this book, something that I kind of, as I was reading, it's like we said, it's a thicken. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of plots that are going on here. How did did you love or did you hate the marriage arc of this book? I think I loved it. I th- I I would go with love for that. Okay. I'm glad she didn't have to marry Matt. Yes, I was curious how she was going to get out of that. So I think the marriage to Riot. It makes the most sense. It does. And I don't think with how things played out in the book, say if Riot and Blake didn't get married when they did, like they were still a couple, but that whole marriage thing never happened. Matt wouldn't have set her off and she wouldn't have probably run away. I think she still would have done that because like say if they weren't married, but they were just like officially boyfriend and girlfriend at that point. And he said that she would have done the same damn thing. That's true. So I don't think the events of the book would have been much different if they weren't married. And then after everything, I think she then would have still chosen Riot. And then eventually they would have gotten married. So. Right. No, I liked the marriage arc. I was a, I was a little surprised because I really had no idea where this book was leading me. Because they get married really like Very halfway quickly. through the book. Mm-hmm. And she was going to be forced to marry someone anyways. Right. With like who her dad is. And mm-hmm. like, so might as well be Riot. Because at least she falls in love with him. Okay, next one. Another smaller detail that we didn't really touch on in the plot breakdown, but something Riot likes to do is burn Blake's clothes that he does not approve of her wearing. So, like, he burns a tennis skirt. He burns a dress. He might burn a few other things during this Her book. Halloween costume. Her Halloween costume. Thoughts on not just the burning, but, like, that controlling, like, how he's very kind of possessive about how she's how she, what she wears. Hate it. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't like that. I liked, I liked the dominant. I liked that like jealousy, possessive type of thing. But I felt like that was kind of crossing a line. Yeah. I just was like, that's so unnecessary. Like, that's it, just so much. Yeah, and it, I don't like the control aspect because that becomes, you know. Manipulation a little bit. Manipulation and slightly abusive because of the control aspect. And she was already kind of having that dynamic with Matt yeah so that was just a very toxic thing yeah I wasn't a huge fan of it I, w- I could have definitely done without him her, him burning her clothes throughout the book and I just think when you have the drugging and that together 
we take the drugging out, I think I may have liked the burning of the clothes. Okay. It was just too much. It was yeah. too heavy with the mm-hmm. possessive kind of controlling stuff. Yeah. The killing of Cindy and Ashley. Love or hate. Oh, fucking loved it. Yeah. Those, I just, not smart on their part. No. Not smart. They, they, they aligned the themselves side. with the wrong Lord. And also, anyone who is kind of part of the society. So I would assume the Chosen would learn a little bit more about the society because they're living at the Lord's house, yada, yada, yada. You know not to fucking cross riot. Or stir shit in general. Bro, if I was a Chosen, like if this is real, and I was Chosen, I would be under the radar. I would be like not stirring the pot. I let my mans do what he's got to do. I would stay in my lane. Mm-hmm. I just think that Matt, I would be a good girl. <laughs> I would be such a good girl. But I think that Matt can be very manipulative. And like he had Ashley kind of wrapped around his finger. Mm-hmm. And she kind of was blinded by the fact that he wasn't as powerful as he thought he was. Yeah. The, it's funny. I understand Cindy getting pissed off and kind of allying with Matt when she did because, you know, she was under the impression she was going to marry Riot. Blake took that away from her. So it's like Blake is kind of thwarting Cindy's life plans. So I understand Cindy, Cindy's motive for kind of wanting to get retaliation against Blake. I don't necessarily understand Ashley's. It's like you've always been the side piece. And you've won because he... She's not his anymore. Yeah, she's with someone else. She then gets married to someone else. Why are you still going after her? That makes me think that it might have been more of a manipulation slash like she was scared of Matt. Matt almost kills her at the initiation. He almost drowns her. Yeah, and it's like Matt was never good to her. So it's like, Ashley, what do you get out of this? Maybe she was just too far. She was too far deep. Like she was too deep in and it was like survival and just trying to. Yeah. I don't know. And I know Matt kind of, like, manipulates her and makes her think that, like, Blake still wants him. But it's, like, at that point, it's very clear that Blake is, like, you can have him. Yeah, but Blake's actions never showed that she wanted Matt. So it's, like, Ashley's motive makes no sense to you. No, but Cindy's did. I could see how Cindy got wrapped in. But you loved it. You thought that they got what they kind of deserved. Yeah, because. I mean, I mean, they were trying to kill Blake. They were trying, yeah, exactly. So self-defense. So kind of going on uh, the killing thing. So much murder in this. How do you feel, love or hate, about Blake killing Valerie? Yeah. Valerie was going to try to take her kids. And then she was going to leave her to be Matt's prisoner. Prisoner and, like, basically be human trafficked. Yeah, because he told her he was going to pass her around to anyone who wanted to tap that. And... Valerie was okay with that. And Valerie's whole reason why she wanted Blake's kids was because she wanted to try again because she failed so royally with Blake to begin with because she's just a shit mom. Yeah. I think there was even a part in the book where she's like, if I have to cut them out of you myself, I will. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that Blake kind of got that closure because she doesn't get to kill anyone else. Cindy's killed by Riot. So is Ashley. And then... Matt is killed by Ty. Yeah. And so I, I am glad that Blake kind of gets her yeah. revenge and gets to deliver her punishment. Yeah. So love or hate. We kind of talked about this one. The tracker and Blake. Hate. Hate. I mean, it winds up being an advantage. Hated it. I would have been okay with it if it was done consensually. Also, that's just kind of a fear of mine. So getting like <laughs> tracked. Yeah. Like that. Irrational fear, but you know. 
Yeah, I see. This was one that I kind of had gray feelings about because I do think that it it was it was something that moved the plot along because they were able to find Blake when she was kidnapped. Yeah, it helped pick up the pace for that, so I understand why it was done. And I also low key, I don't know. I just keep thinking that if I was in a situation where I was part of this very intense secret society. I might want my man to be able to find me. I don't like I I I definitely want consent. Like that is the part that kind of is what is great because I'm like I don't necessarily hate that he did it, but the motive was correct. The execution was not. Which is why it's like gray, which I don't really know if I loved or hated it. In the book, I think I'm just going to go love because it's fiction. Blake didn't really seem like she was all that upset about it when she found out. And also they live in such a brutal kind of world that I think that that is very normal for like lords to do. So I'm just going to- And gonna, worse stuff has happened to her at that point. Yeah, so she's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to let this one go. So like in this, in the in the realm of this book, I think I'm going to go more love than hate. Yeah. It winds up being fine. Yeah. But if I'm thinking of the ethics of it, absolutely not. <laughs> So Leanne being behind Riot choosing Blake as his chosen. I loved that. I loved that. I think that was the only good thing that Leanne kind of did in this whole book towards Blake is she did set her up with the love of her life. Yeah. So yay, crazy mom matchmaker. Yeah. I did like that. I did like that um, it came out that yes, Phil, her dad was the one that executed it, but it was not his plan. It was all Leanne's plan. Last one, Blake ending up pregnant with twins. Love or hate? Hate. I knew you were going to say hate with that one. (laughs) I thought I knew I was going to get you either on this one or the marriage arc. Why? Why do you hate? Why do you hate the babes? The babies. I don't think it was necessary. Well, they do make a point that when she runs off for those three weeks, she does not take her birth control. And then Riot also kind of messes with her birth control. Yeah. Which I don't love. No. Uh, messing with that is not great. I just, there was so much going on. I don't think we needed that plot line with her getting pregnant. Because also, this book takes place in what, a semester at college? I don't necessarily want my couple to get pregnant within one semester of being together. And they're not actually happily or consensually together that whole time. That's fair. You make a good point. When you put it in perspective like that, yikes. Because, yeah, all this happens before Christmas. <laughs> From moving to Christmas. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm in gray because you make some really good valid points. It is a lot really fast. But I do think that Chantel kind of hinted at it because they were having unprotected sex when she was no longer on birth control. So I kind of was like, ooh, this could be coming. But also, I think that the having the kids potentially made Riot and Blake's relationship a little bit less toxic. Like, when he finds out that she's pregnant, I think he's kind of like, yeah, like, I'm in love with this girl already, but, like, now it is just, like, she is. Done deal. Yeah. Extra done deal. Extra done deal. Because Riot kind of made a comment, too, at some point that, like, he wanted a big family. Yeah. That he wanted a lot of kids. So I love and, I, I love and hate it because it was very With fast. With it being done, it was 
done pretty well other than just like the timing of it. But it was just, there's, I just didn't feel it. If one plot point had to go away from the book, I would choose the that one to go away. And I wouldn't have minded a, like that 10 week jump for then her to be pregnant. Yeah. Like finding out that she's pregnant. That would have been fine. Or even if it was just the 18 year jump or something and it being a little bit more than 18 years. Like if they ended up not having a kid for two years after mm-hmm. they were together where it's like a 20 year jump. So that kind of wraps up my like gray questions that I kind of was str- were struggling with and was just kind of curious. Whether or not if you loved or hated it. Yeah, and I was curious if you loved or hated them. So I gave more loves than hate. You did. There are only a few that you did not like. So moving into the next kind of newer segment that we're doing for this episode, the Did You See It Coming, all caps. Yes. Did you see it coming? Also very excited for this combo. Because this book had a lot of plot twists, a lot of twists and turns, and a lot of OMG moments. Mm-hmm. First one, did you see it coming? The man Riot met with that gave him the assignment of picking Blake as his chosen, being Blake's dad. Being the dad, no. But the connection to the woman who we will later find out is Leanne. Because I do remember saying, I think there is something to this where when Riot and Matt have to like go get reprimanded for fucking up that mission and Leanne dying. Mm-hmm. I was like, the only reason that they're getting in trouble for this is because that woman is, in, is important to one of the lords. You did you did think that, which you were right about. And I figured she was a chosen to the person who's like, hey, I need you to pick this girl, Blake. But you didn't. I didn't connect it as being Blake's dad, dad, though. Right. Me neither. Thought about it very briefly as I was reading, being like, I wonder who this lord is. But I never really thought of Blake's dad, which is kind of stupid. Like, why wouldn't that be your first thought? Maybe it's because it's so obvious that you don't even think that yeah. You know, like you're expecting this like bigger reveal and it's just being like, oh, no shit. Why wouldn't it be her dad? <laughs> like that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Did you see it coming? Valerie not being Blake's real mom. Yes. Really? Yeah. The eye thing. Mm-hmm. The eye color. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I didn't because parents can have different eyes and their kid have the other parent's eyes. True. But it was just something about like green isn't a very... I mean, in romance novels, they're fucking common. But like in real (laughs) life, you know, green isn't very common. Valerie had green eyes and Riot had green eyes. So my thought process. Yeah, I know. You were thinking that that Valerie was was Riot's mom. Something. And I was like, I swear if there's freaking incest in this book. No. No, I didn't even guess that Valerie wasn't Blake's real mom. And also there wasn't really a good motherly daughter relationship connections. I'm just so. so used to parents sucking in romance novels that it it's just kind of a Especially it is what it is. This, like mafia. Yeah. Organized crime kind of plot. So did you see it coming? Blake needing to kill Matt's dad for her initiation and that being the reason that Matt was there and smashed her head up in in the car. No. I did not see that coming either. I, I thought liked it was it. I I did like it too. I really thought that Matt was just he found a good opportunity that he had kind of been stalking Blake and found a good opportunity where she was alone and he knew that he could get to her. I really did not think that there was any other ulterior motive behind that. But I loved that there was. Yeah. No, it, it made more sense. And it also I mean, made, it made sense why he would have showed up and fucked her up without that. But like, it just made it even better. I like the connection of, you know, Matt's family was kind of dwindling in their power. And, like, that must mean that, you know, his dad did something, panicked maybe, and 
got found out and the lords were like, sorry, dude, like you broke code. You're gone. Out. You're out. And like Matt wanting to save his dad kind of used this distraction. I thought it was really well done. Same. That was like, that was a big surprise where I was like, fuck. I enjoyed that Oh my God. Did you see it coming? Matt being in cahoots with Val about killing Leanne. Kind of. Right before it happened though. When Blake gets knocked out and they hear that second voice, I was like, this is either going to be Valerie or Tyson. Okay. So I wasn't 100% sold on it being Valerie. I just, those were my two options for when that whole, there's a second voice, there's an accomplice. I'm like, oh, it's probably this. It's either Valerie or Ty. Okay. I wish I could say that I thought that when I read it. And obviously I, I knew that there was an accomplice But for some reason, I really wasn't focused on Val as a character all that much. Like, she just didn't come to mind as somebody who would be behind anything. Well, she was just so gung-ho on Blake being with Matt. I guess I should have read into that a little bit more as being like, why is Blake's mom so invested in this relationship? But then I kind of was like, maybe because I know that Riot is also kind of paired up with someone like it's just the way of the society and like they have this deal where it was kind of established and just go with it but it's like riots the better win though i know because i mean matt's family's on the decline and riots is at the top so it's like i the fact that valerie wouldn't let it go it was like girl she's upgrading in terms of like value from a contract deal thing right So the fact that you're not okay with this is sketchy. Okay. Fair enough. That's good logic. I also read way too many thriller and uh, mystery books. Well, I tend not to like try to think about it because I'm very bad at actually guessing correctly. So I, as a reader, like don't even try to like theorize because I'm always so wrong. I either think too basic or I think too diabolical. And then neither one are ever right. Like, I always choose the wrong, you know what I mean? So I think I'm just, as a reader, I'm like, I'll, I'll find out eventually. Well, remember, I came up with a whole other plot line for this book that never fucking happened. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so something that it isn't a did you see it coming, but did you, throughout the book, at, some, at points, pick up on some sketchy vibes about Tyson? Yes, I picked up some questionable things with him. So, like, I thought... And I didn't know where that was going to go, which is why yeah. I was like, it's either Tyson or Valerie with that. So, this book, I, I remember telling you as we were reading, I was like, this book, I have no faith in anyone. Where, like, when things started to get revealed slowly, it kind of had me thinking anyone could be a bad guy. So, For like, sure. at times I thought Ty, I thought Tyson was potentially somebody that we were going to have to look out for. At one point, I thought Sarah, Blake's best friend, was potentially the bad guy. The reason why I say that is in the scene where Matt attacks Blake outside of the club. Sarah, like... When she leaves to go get her phone. Yes, like that is a red flag. I was like, if she leaves and Blake has an encounter with Matt, Sarah's in cahoots with him. Like, there's just... And like, obviously, I was very wrong. I mean, it's a good theory, though. I... I could see that But happening. I also, yeah, but I also but it didn't. picked, yeah. But I was also picking up on the same types of things with, like, Ty, where I was like, he kind of seems sus. 
But I'm glad that he wasn't. Yeah. I'm glad that he ended up being Because there was like, like that guy. little sprinkle nugget when like the girls get the flyer for the party and like their classmate name drops Ty and like weird shit happening with his chosen and then how he was supposed to have a higher position in the Lords but then chooses to like run Club Blackout and then he gives more information about what happened with his chosen and how he doesn't really trust the Lords. Yeah, there's a lot going on with Ty, which I would be interested in if, like, Chantel would ever go back to this world and write with him being... Like, what happened with him in yeah. in school. And, like, he's very uh, much into, like, public sex, so, like... That'd be real. It would be very... That'd be real kinky. Yes. Yeah. Because that's one thing with going into this book. I thought we were going to get not necessarily a reverse harem, but I was thinking that there would be group kind of sex. Like more of a poly sort of thing. Yeah, because something about, I don't know if it was in the synopsis or somewhere I read. Or more of a swinger. I'd say more Yes, swinger. where it's like the lords, they can do whatever they want with their chosen. They can share their chosen. They can be very possessive. And like, it's all up to them on what how they want this woman to be treated, essentially. Yeah, or at least a foursome with Sarah and Gunner. Yeah. So I was, I was really thinking that there was going to be, like, that element. I'm glad that there wasn't. I think that would be too much. Yeah. There's already so many things going on in this book. But for Ty, like, that would be a... I feel like that would be a good mm-hmm. book. Okay. Leanne being alive. Did you see that coming? No. Me neither. I thought she was dead dead. Me too. I did too. I, I really... When she strut in, I kind of was like, oh, shit... And she even makes, because Riot even makes the comment where he's like, but you were dead. I saw you. She's like, yeah, but you dumbasses never. She's like, yeah, you saw me passed out on the floor. You never checked to see if I was breathing, you idiots. You just left. And then she was also like, oh, by the way, Matt did push me. Because Riot comes out of the room and is like, Matt, did you push her or Or did did she she fall? fall? And he was like, I wouldn't push her, man. Blah, 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 blah. I loved that Leanne wound up being alive. Me too. Even though she's, I don't know if I like her as a character. But, like, I am glad for the book that she... I like her as a villain or... um, Like an anti-hero? Not even that. I don't... Because it's weird. She's not a true villain, but she's also not an anti-hero. I think she's just a freaking cold-hearted bitch. And, And like, she is a lady. Like, she is, like, super... She's high up in this society, and she freaking takes it, like... Sometimes I like unlikable characters. I wish that her and Blake's interactions were better like that kind of made me sad yeah how like they did not get along no and they could have had I think they could have wound up reconciling and having a mother-daughter relationship but the way Leanne kind of like goes about goes about things and like drops all these truth bombs to Blake definitely doesn't set them up to have a relationship in the future especially the truth bombs about her future kids yeah like, cause she's very blunt and being like, "Hun, you don't have a choice. Like, you are like you are married to a lord. You are a lady. Your kids are going to follow. It is what it is." And especially how she says, "I know you're having twin boys before they've announced it." Where it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're already putting Blake immediately on the defense." I did kind of hate that they even that ten month jump when she goes and sees Leanne and they have this conversation. It's very hostile. Yeah, it's very like because Leanne comes in hot, right, and makes Blake put up her defenses yeah so last one did you see it coming leanne actually being behind riot and blake's chosen situation no me neither but it made sense once everything came out like when she admits being like i was the one because i saw how he was on this mission i was like that 
And Riot was like the top lord of his class. Like he mm-hmm. was a very, you know, he was the it boy of the lords. So who wouldn't want their their daughter to be with someone who's actually going to be like successful? If you're going to make them be in this life. I'd say either put them with the top dog or put it with put them with someone that no one's going to gun for. Yeah. All right. So those were our two kind of newer segments for specifically this book just because there was a lot going on. Yeah. Different conversations to have for this one. Yes. So I do have some love slash hates that we didn't mention um, in our kind of newer conversations, <laughs> conversation um, sections. So one of the things that I really loved about this book, I hate to say it, I love the toxicity between Riot and Blake. I never got annoyed with it. I really liked it in this book. I think that's problematic for me, but I'm sticking with it. I loved it. It works for this book. <laughs> it does. That's definitely not something I would normally ship. No. Another thing that I really loved you get flashbacks slash dreams that were originally skipped. Yes, that was great. So it was like you had a little bit of a jump and then you would have this like flashback of a like sexy encounter that was briefly mentioned. Or even plot like with the tracking thing that wound up being or a flashback. The plot. Yeah, and I really liked, it kind of shook it up. Mm-hmm. I like going from kind of your what's happening to kind of like the past or a dream. I like how that was incorporated because it kept it fresh because there's just a lot of sex. So it was fresh to see it in that kind of. And then I do have two kind of like pettier hates. Oh, I got two of those as well. Okay. Do you want to go first? So my first really petty and stupid hate is um, who wears high heels to class on the regular like Blake and Sarah? They do wear heels just all the time on campus. It, that was something that you said to me. You're like, Why? I'm like, wow, you really? I was like, I didn't even really (laughs) notice that. No, absolutely not. And like stilettos. Yeah. Like Louis Vuitton. Like, I'm not walking around campus in fucking high heels. I work at a university. I ain't doing that bullshit. No, not at all. So one of my pettier hates, Riot, towards the beginning, he would use phrasing towards Blake, like, open my legs because... She belonged to him. So, so you don't he- like that kind of toxicness. <laughs> no, I did not appreciate them being in this like really hot and steamy, like pent up, you know, s- like tension scene. And then all of a sudden, Raya just be like, open my leg so I can see that puss. I'm like, Bleh! I liked I'm that. like that. Ew, I hate that. I can get on board with that. Oh, I did not. I like the Not all time- the time. The first time I saw it, I was like, cringe, 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 cringe. No. What was your second one? So my second one is how this does not pass the Bechdel test. The girls don't talk about anything other than boys. Yep. So Sarah's, I don't really know how I felt about Sarah because she she started as a kind of a lead second B-roll character. But by mid-book, she turns into like a D-list character. Yeah, like she's still around. She still gets mentioned, but like her and Blake don't really have conversations like at the beginning of the book. Like she could have been used a lot better and it could have been a better arc for the women in this book because if you think about it, a lot of the girls in this book wind up being super shit, so it would have been nice to have this good friendship that passes the Bechdel test. So kind of tagging on to that, my last kind of pettier hate is I wish that Blake was able to hang out with Sarah, Gunner, 
um, whoever, like at the Lord's house and see into those parties and dynamic more. Because I feel like it was mentioned that these parties are like orgies and they're wild. And like the Lords obviously live in this like hotel hotel area and they're choosing it to live with them. But Riot and Blake never live at the Lord's house because Matt is there and Riot doesn't want Matt have easy access to Blake. And also he just doesn't like to share. He doesn't like to share, but I feel like they kind of set this tone for this place, this house being like crazy for these parties. And like, we really don't get to see, besides for the ritual, which is where she gets, where her and Riot hook up for the first time, not all the way, but whatever. But that's before they're actually a part of this whole society. I just kind of felt let down. That could be a cool novella. Yeah. Like, I kind of want a novella of Gunner and Sarah. Yeah. Because they seem like they were really into each other. Yeah, they did. And, like, she lived at the Lord's house. So, like, she, like, from their POV, you would actually get to see inside the, like, society more so with this house. But, Petty, there was so much other good stuff in this book. Mm -hmm. Just small things. So those are our loves and hates. Those are our, did you see it coming? There are a lot of things that we talked about for this episode so far. Yes. But now it is time. For the fluffy moments, because we've had a lot of intense, dark conversations. (laughs) Triggering conversations. It's time to cast this bitch. Yes. (laughs) So we're keeping it simple. We're doing three casting. Mm -hmm. Riot, Blake, and Matt. So Alex, let's start with our lovely lead, Lady. Who did you cast as Blakely? My Blakely is a wonderfully talented and beautiful Vanessa Hudgens. You went with Vanessa Hudgens. Okay, I like that. That's a good choice. And also, like, lately within the last few years, I feel like she's also coming, like, into her sexuality more and, like, being more of, like, a bad, naughty girl. So I feel like she could do this role. She was in Spring Breakers. Yeah, and then... That was pretty. I mean, she was in Sucker Punch, too, so she can also be a badass. Oh, okay. I like that casting. So I went with a Descendants actress by the name of Brenna Diamico. Another Disney girl. Another Disney girl. I cast Brenna mainly because of her aesthetic. Yeah, I saw your picture. She is kind of who, the dark hair, the blue eyes, like the lips. She's she's small, but she's curvier, Mm -hmm. Um, which Blake is described as having like ass and tits and, you know— Blue, like piercing blue eyes. And I just yeah. like getting those types of aesthetics, kind of. Yeah, the eyes was the one thing with Vanessa where my casting is off. But I'm like, oh, there's colored contacts. Yeah, I mean, that's something that you could. But I just thought that she really, like, there wasn't anything that you need to do with her. No. Like, with no. Blake. Yeah. I think you win that one. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but I think that you are going to win the riot. So who did you cast as your riot? So my riot is Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, that's a really good one. You told you did tell me that. You told me that Bill, because you know I've cast his brother <laughs> a few times. Probably will cast him more. <laughs> but that is fantastic. Yeah. And he's just so intense of an actor, too. Like he would be a bomb ass riot. And I, I think like he, that. and I think he's about the same height as what Riot Riot is described as. Yeah. Taller. But he, Riot isn't super bulky. He's more lean. And like he's, yeah, and tall. And so is Bill. Yeah, Bill definitely has that body type of what I kind of picture Riot. And it's like I see Bill Skarsgård and I'm scared of him, but I also want to fuck him. Yeah. And that's the vibes I get with Riot. Yes. I like that. So I went with Douglas Booth 
He's from, he's in like the dirt. He's in a Miley Cyrus movie, LOL. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of was just getting the build, the like brown hair and the green eyes because Riot is, his eyes are always like they, they're green and they're beautiful and piercing. And yeah, I kind of like Douglas Booth for this casting. But I do think that overall, I think that you won that one. Thanks. One for one. One for one. And this is going to be our, our tiebreaker. So who did you cast for your mat? So your villain. My mat, I cast David Cross. He's um, recently in Peaky Blinders. Okay. Yeah, he gives me he gives me Matt a little bit. I think I like your Matt better. Do you? I, I yeah. went with Hunter Parrish. He was in Weeds. He's most, I think, famously known for, for Weeds. And you know what? I don't really know what it was that why I casted. I think it was because I wanted someone who looked a little bit different than my lead for Riot. So I wanted to go someone a little bit more blonde. And I, I think that Matt is good looking. I don't think he has anything on Riot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about Hunter, though, I could be like, you know, I could see him kind of playing like kind of a douchier villain. Yeah. I will say um, David Cross's character in Peaky Blinders gives me Matt vibes. You know what? I think it's a tie. I, yeah. I like both of I like both of Aesthetically, ours. Aesthetically, I like yours better, though. Okay. I think acting-wise. You like your casting. Yeah. Yeah. Mix the two together. Exactly. Perfect Matt. So those are our casting. Make sure you check those out on Emotions and Potions Pod, on our Instagram, on our TikTok. And all the places. All the places. Moving right along into our song choices. We are soundtracking the ritual. Alrighty, so my first category is Blakely coming into her own and deciding to be the lady to Riot's Lord. Yes. So kind of that transition. Mm-hmm. Seize the power by... Yanaka. Great song. I think that's how you pronounce the artist's artist's name. But like I definitely like that was giving me just like bad bitch kind of like taking her life into her own hands finally. For sure. My first one is kind of I think one that I uh, category I I do for every episode is the overall theme song. (laughs) Overall vibes. Which is Suspects, Alibis, and Partners in Crime by Chasing Victory. Yes. I've listened to that one on the playlist, which is on Spotify, Motions and Potions Pod. It's a good one. And that's very, I think that sums up the theme very well. I feel like that could also be the name of this book. Yeah. If you wanted a longer title. <laughs> yes. So my next song category is the Secret Society theme song, which is called Killed or Be Killed by Muse. Oh, yeah. Because the whole thing is. Kill or be killed. Killed or be killed. Yeah. And then that song is also like aesthetically very much dark romance, like. Muse, yes. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So mine's similar yet different. Um, so it's a theme song for the lords and ladies. Ooh, okay. And just kind of how they present themselves to the outside world. Okay. Sort of thing. And it's um, Handsomer, the extended remix. Russ. By Russ and Caitlin. Yes. I've never actually heard the extended. I listened to it for the first time and I was like, this is a banger. Like I liked the, it's a banger original, like yeah. with her on it. But that remix is slay. And especially for this, it it really is spot on. So my next category is Blake cries a lot and Riot loves it. Yeah. Unfortunately, Blake cries in almost every chapter. (laughs) I mean, rightfully so. I know. I would be crying too, girl. So this one is Pretty When You Cry. I do not know how to pronounce this band or person. It's spelled 
I-E-U-A-N. I-E-U-A-N. All vowels. In one consonant. In one consonant. I don't know how to pronounce that. But it's a good song, and it's very, it, like, takes that theme very. Yeah. It's great. My next category, inspiration, is Blakely being fed up. All right. Just at every point when she's, like, fed up with Matt, when she's fed up with Riot, when she's fed up with, like, her parents. parents, And just everyone. (laughs) Just all the different points where she gets fed up. And it's honestly Encore from Gabby Hanna. Ooh. I like that. That's a, I like that, um, like, theme. Because mm-hmm. she does get fed up a lot. A lot. My next one is Blake and Riot's song, Towards Like Each Other. And it's Die First by Nessa Barrett, which is all about, like, I hope that I die first because I couldn't live without you. And it's, like, it's a very mutual, like, when Blake thinks that Riot's dead, like, she is kind of spiraling Oh, and you could yeah. tell that she's already very invested in this, like, relationship. And, like, if something happened to the other person, like, they would rather... They want to be the first to go. Yes. So my next one is the song for Blake and Riot's sex life. Ooh, ooh. And it's Play With Me by Bailey Bryan. Great one. Play With Me. Yep. Sure will, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just chase you down and tie up. I'll play with you real nice. <laughs> right? <laughs> My next category is when Blake runs away after Riot announces their marriage. So, like, her successful kind of three-week vacation vacation is Gone Girl by Ian Dior and Trippy Red. Specifically, like, the, the lyric is talking about how he, as soon as he fell in love, the girl bolted. And it, it really was because Riot was kind of coming into his feelings and kind of admitting to himself that, he loves maybe her. I do, yeah. Maybe I actually have feelings towards my new wife. And it's like as soon as he starts falling in love, she fucking is gone. Yep. And I just thought that that was just the correlation. I was like, wow. Was this song written specifically about this book or vice versa? Like, yeah, definitely. So my next one is Riot's theme song, which is Fuck With by Ty. Love. Yep. I'm not someone you fuck with. No. No, Riot is not. My second to last category is Blake's song to Matt, which is Bite Me by Avril Lavigne. Oh, yeah. You should have never messed with me, and you're going to wish that I'm your wifey. (laughs) Like, spot on, right? Very spot on. So my last category has two songs. So it's the love story from the different point of views. So Blake's love story point of view song is Ola by Montana Tucker. Mm, Okay. It's like, it started with an Ola, but instead of Ola, it's, you know, him pushing her. But, you know, the rest of the story, like the song. Correlates, kind of. Yeah. Love it. And then Riot's point of view love story song is Hell Replied by Grey. Mmm. I like that. I like how you kind of did, like, the POVs. Oh, very. I like those song choices, too. Yeah, because the Hell Replied one is like, I asked for love or I asked for these things and Hell Replied. Yup. Very good. I like that. Love those, Alex. Thank you. My last category is my sexy time song, which I had to choose Sucker for Pain, which is, you know, Wiz Khalifa, Imagine Dragons, Little Wayne, and Ex-Ambassadors. Yeah. I'll tie you up. Like, that song is just all about hardcore, dirty, sexy time. I love your choices. I love your choices. And we put even more on the playlist. Yes. Go over to Spotify, Emotions and Potions, if you want to check out Emotions and Potions pod. Sorry. Mm-hmm. If you want to check out 
the full extended playlist. playlist. And all of our other playlists are there as well. And they're great. And they're all great. If I do say so myself. And I do. <laughs> so let's rate this book. You want me to give my spice rating? I'm going to be so mad at you. I already know this. Yeah. I did give it a 4.8 out of 5. Which I, I'm, I'm calling bullshit because it's a 5 out of 5. <laughs> I just, I don't know what a five is. And I don't think I've read it yet. What else could there have been in this book, Ash? If there was a public scene. There was. Not not with the main, not, I'm talking main characters. If there was a Lord's party where they went and they participated in like an orgy scene where it wasn't like sharing. Yeah. I mean, Riot does finger her in the woods when they're watching Ty. Yeah, but no one knows. No one sees that. Ty doesn't even know that they're they're there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I know you're mad at me. I know you wanted me to (laughs) give give it a five. It was funny. So Ashton finished this book first, and then when I finished it, I went into her office, and I was like, I swear to God, Ashton, if you do not give this book a five out of five with smut, I quit. And I was like, I give it a 4.8, and you're just like, you're like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. And I walked out. I'm not actually quitting our podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm so desensitized <laughs> to romance novels. And I'm like, and it was funny. I, then I explained some of the sex stuff to one of our other coworkers, and they just looked at me like, what the absolute fuck? They were like, you enjoy reading about this stuff? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> yep. And it was even better that it was a male coworker. <laughs> he was like, what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> okay, Alex. Overall, I gave this a 9.5 out of 10. Okay, would you match there? You gave it a 9.5? I gave it a 9.5. I was very happy with this book. I really liked it. I had a hard time putting it down. Mm-hmm. thought it was well-written. I wish it was a series. It, it kind of hurt me that it was a standalone. I know that. And that there's nothing else in this realm. Because I thought it was... I would read another one of these types of books Same. from Chantel. Like, as as uncomfy as I was with a lot of this stuff, I like when... I think I've said this before. I like when books make me feel, even if it is... Potentially negative or bad. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it made me think and question my sanity, my morals, <laughs> my ethics. But it also had me, like, WTF moments. Yes. And it had me, like, going back mm-hmm. to be like, wait, what? And then you reread it and you're like... Oh. oh, didn't didn't really put that together, but now I see it was always kind of there, just hidden. Mm-hmm. Like I like that, and I really, like I said, I really fucked with Riot and Blake as leads. Yeah, they. I know, like sometimes I get annoyed with lead people in books, and Blake. I'm surprised I didn't get annoyed because I think that there are were things that normally would annoy me. But I think I really liked her and Riot, how they interacted. And I liked Blake's growth mm-hmm. that she started to change. So it And was it fine. made sense. Like the things that I think would normally annoy, annoy us, like her being kind of kept in the dark and her whining, it was for a valid reason. And it was, and she was like asking questions and she was trying to not do those things. But Right. And it's not her fault that she's kept in the dark mm-hmm. and that she doesn't know what's going on. But she's kind of like, I want to know what's going on. This is my life now. So, all in all, though, fantastic book. Love or hate, Alex? I loved it. Oh, for sure. Hands down. It's a love letter. Really want something else from Chantel along the lines of 
the secret society and the lords would love to see it. If it was ever something that she wanted to do, I would read it. Yes. <laughs> but that is another episode. Our last book episode of season one, The Ritual. Well, I'm glad it's ending on a love letter. I know. We started on a love letter with Birthday Girl, and we're ending on a love letter with, with The, the ritual. ritual. By Chantel Tessier. Yes. So you just listened to another episode of Emotions and Potions, a love slash hate letter too, with Ashton and Alex. And until next time, bye. bye.